love that last song. That chorus sticks in my head for days. So I love that last song. Well, as you could, uh, as you could probably tell, we're in 2 Corinthians today. So if you want to turn there in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It will be up here behind me, but if you want to read along with me. And we're going we're gonna to talk about reconciliation today. You have heard me say from this platform, and I will say again this morning, Jesus did not come just to forgive. He came to forgive and reconcile. He came to restore our relationship with God. Forgiveness was a means to an end. Forgiveness was not the end. It was a means to the end, and the end is to reconcile us to God so that we can once again be reunited with God. That's what forgiveness is about, and that's why Jesus came. And so we're going to talk about reconciliation today. And you know, if you think about it, even within human relationships, forgiveness leads to reconciliation. If we have done something to someone else, or, or someone has done something to us, once it's forgiven, then reconciliation is possible. But until it's forgiven, it's not. Reconciliation is not possible without forgiveness. And so we're going to see how those interplay today with reconciliation. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, there's people that have done things to me that I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to be reconciled with them. Well, then I'm going to tell you that unforgiveness will break fellowship with God. So what you're doing is harming your relationship with God by holding on to unforgiveness. So even if you don't want to be reconciled with that other person, you still need to forgive in order to maintain your, your fellowship with God. Unforgiveness breaks fellowship because unforgiveness is sin. So in order to be reconciled, forgiveness must happen. And so again, we're going to see as that, how that interplays today. Now, we're going to do this in the way that we have been studying all year. I'm hoping by this point that it's becoming just a part of the way you do things. We're going to first look at the context of the passage. Then we're going to look at the so what's. So what does this say about God? So what does it say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? Then we're going to look at it phrase by phrase, draw out the meaning, and then we will look at the challenge and the comfort that the passage brings. Because every, every, I believe every passage of Scripture brings both a comfort and a challenge. So we'll look at that uh, in our study habits that we've been using all year. So let's read these verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 19 and read 19, 20, and 21. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who, knew, who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So let's look first at the context. The larger context is the second letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church, or the church at Corinth. Now, I have to tell you, if you read 1 Corinthians, this church at Corinth had a lot of problems. 
It had a lot of issues. Paul was dealing with a lot of stuff in that first letter. He was addressing a lot of problems. In the second letter to, uh, to this church at Corinth, he gets a little bit more into the theology of things. It's, it's one of my favorite portions of Scripture because it talks so much about new life. Now, as we get into chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, we see that he really begins with this idea of, of the life that we have in Christ. In fact, I do, uh, I, I do a lot of uh, memorial services for Christians from 2 Corinthians 5 because at the beginning of this, it says that what happens to us is that our, our mortality is swallowed up by life. Now, understand what that means. It means that the life you have, the new life that you have in Christ, just can no longer be contained within a body that's failing. And so that's what happens at a Christian's death. At a, at a believer's death, their mortality is just swallowed up by the life that they have. So you can see how much I like 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and as we get further into 2 Corinthians 5, you run into one of my favorite verses. If, you, if you've ever been here in the morning before a service or, or one of the evening services, been here early, you know that I test my mic to two verses. I don't stand up here and count to 10 or, or say my ABCs because I'm not sure I know them. No, I say two verses, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And the second verse that I always use is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I love 2 Corinthians. And I love the message of new life that it gives. So that's our context. In the immediate context here, he's talking about new life in Christ and what we should be doing with that new life, how that should work, what that should look like in our life to have new life in Christ. So, so that's the, the context of this passage that we just read. So what does this say about God? Well, this says that we are reconciled to God in Christ. God has reconciled us to himself in Christ. Now, it's important to understand that Jesus is this, the agent of reconciliation because what do we do? We add, right? We add to what Jesus did. We say, yeah, sure, it's faith in Christ, but you also got to do this stuff. No. Jesus reconciled us to God. We don't need the stuff. We need Christ. We are only, only reconciled to God, reunited with God in Christ. Christ, that was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death, rose again and is reigning today. That Christ reconciles us to God and nothing else. Nothing else. It also tells us that Jesus was made to be sin for us. What this means is that sin went to the cross and died. It no longer has power over you and I. 
It cannot have power over you and I if we don't give it. We don't give it the power. It cannot have that power. And so we are not powerless against the force of sin. We are empowered by Christ. So we don't have to sin. We don't have to be drawn away. We can live in that power. We can live without being, being slaves to sin. And it tells us that God has chosen us for the ministry of reconciliation. He has reconciled us so that we can, rec- we can tell others about reconciliation. He has brought us back to himself, back reunited with him in fellowship, in relationship, so that we can tell others about that, how to be reconciled to God. As, the, as, as our key verse said, be reconciled to God. That's our message. God has, has given us this ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. So what does it say about us? Say again, we are reconciled to God in Christ. Now, I'm, I'm driving this point home because, again, we tend to add or subtract from this message. We tend to think that it's Christ plus you've got to act right. It's Christ plus, it's not Christ plus anything. It's not Christ minus anything. It is Christ. Jesus Christ reconciles us to God. We do not need to add anything to that. And we dare not take anything away from that. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. This tells us that you and I are the target, focus, and purpose of Jesus coming here. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of Jesus dying on the cross. That's us. Without us, that does not need to happen. Jesus lived a sinless life. Jesus was born of a virgin so that he, he didn't carry sins, uh, the, the sin nature that we all are born with. He lived a perfect life. He was perfectly obedient to his Father. He did not need to die except for you and I. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to reconcile us to him. And we are made righteous in Christ. It isn't, it isn't in what we know. It isn't in what we do. It isn't in how much we study. It isn't even in who you are. It is in who Christ is. That we are made righteous. We are made righteous in Christ. We give him our sin. He gives us righteousness. To, be, to reconcile us to God. And we have this ministry of reconciliation. That is our purpose now. Be reconciled to God. That should be on our lips. That should be in our hearts. That should be driving our lives. Now, I know, I know we, we have gotten to the point, it seems, in our society where we think, well, it's just too hard to talk about my faith. I can't, I can't share my faith because uh, I, I don't know enough. I can't share my faith. What you are saying is that God got it wrong when he chose you f- for this ministry of reconciliation. Do you think he got it wrong? No. No, he didn't. It means you're doing it in your power, not his. 
Do it in his power. Do it in the power that he provides. He gives you the ministry of reconciliation and he empowers you to do it. That should be on our lips. Be reconciled to God. So what do we need to do? We need to first trust the work of Christ to reconcile us to God. Not what we know, not what we can learn, not what we can study, not who we are, not what church we go to, not anything else but Christ. Christ reconciles us to God. We need to realize that sin has lost its power on us because it's been crucified. It's lost its power on us. So we need not live under the power of sin. We have the power of Christ. There's no reason to live under the power of sin. And we need to be about the work of reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God and we need to tell other people how that, how that works. We need to be about the reconciliation ministry. It's been given to us to do. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Think about what an ambassador does. The Roman ambassador system was very much like the American ambassador system. So we can look at our, what, are, what are our ambassadors do. First of all, they're not from the country that they're in. They, we send them there. The, the, the ambassador for the United States to France is from the United States and is a citizen of the United States. We are citizens of heaven, as Paul tells us in Philippians. We are citizens of heaven. We are only here because we have been sent here. We have been positioned here. Now, when the ambassador of France, uh, the, ambassador for, uh, the United States ambassador in France, everything he does and everything he says represents his country. Everything we do and everything we say represents our king. Everything. So we need to think about that before we speak. <laughs> and we need to think about our life and how it reflects upon our king. Because everything we do is about our king. We are placed here in your workplace, in your school, in, in where you shop, the restaurants you go to and to eat, where every, your neighborhood, everywhere you are, is exactly where God placed his ambassador to show who he is and what he's done. So our life is about his kingdom. Our speech is about his kingdom. We, as ambassadors for Christ, we are about his work, not our own. Since God is making his appeal through us, God has chosen to make his appeal through us. Now, why would he do that? If you were God, would you choose us? I don't think I would. But here's what I do know. Your story of coming to Christ, your story of, of understanding your need for a Savior, that's the most powerful story you, you could possibly have. That's the story that you need to be telling. That's the story of what God did in your life. People do not, the non-Christian does, does not necessarily care what the Bible says. 
They care about what you say God has done in your life. That's why God makes his appeal through us, I think. And this ministry has been given to us. Remember, we are given all of these blessings in order to convey them, not just consume them. We have been given grace in order to be gracious. We have been given love in order to be loving. We have been given mercy in order to be merciful. So we have been giving, given all of this from God in order to be conveying it to others. So we need to be about what God has sent us to do. He is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. We don't speak for ourselves. We speak for Christ. When we tell somebody our story of how we know Christ, that power is from Christ. That is speaking from Jesus, not from us. You are not your own. You have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And so we need to be about this work. We need to be about the ministry of reconciliation, of reuniting, of restoration that God has given us through Christ. We have been restored in order to restore. Be reconciled to God. That's the key, key in the verse, isn't it? Isn't that the, the message in this verse? Be reconciled to God. The point of the whole verse, we need to be reconciled to God and we need to tell others to be reconciled to God. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, if there's, there's anything in our world that's needed right now, it's reconciliation, isn't it? Do you, watch, do you watch the news at all? It's just depressing. If you read the news on the internet, which is sort of my preferred way, or you watch it on TV or whatever you, however you see it, we are all in factions and tribes and, and, and we're all in our own camps. If there's anything our world needs right now, it's reconciliation. And we have that message. We, as Christians, have the message of reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. It's the only thing that will work. It's the only thing that will change the world. Be reconciled to God. So what's the comfort and the challenge of this passage? The comfort is that we are reconciled to God in Christ and in Christ alone. We don't need to add to it. We, don't, we dare not take away from it. It is what Jesus did and who Jesus is that reconciles us to God. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of Jesus coming here. He did not need to come here apart from saving us. God sent us a Savior because that's what we needed. And he wouldn't have sent a Savior if we didn't need saved. We need to be saved. We need to be reconciled. And so he sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. You and I are the target, focus, and purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus did all of the work of reconciliation. We need only accept and then be about the ministry of reconciliation to others. Tell others what Christ has done in your life. What's the challenge of this verse? Thinking of your life 
as an ambassador for Christ. It means everything you do, everything you say, every action and reaction in every place you are, shopping, traffic, um, lights. <laughs> yeah, clearly I hit a, 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 a sore spot right there. Where, where you eat in restaurants, everywhere you go, everywhere you are, you are an ambassador for Christ. Your lifestyle, what you say, what you do, is showing who your king is. Will you be an ambassador for Christ? Will you show who he is and what he's done in your life? Do you need to be reconciled to God this morning? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads because that's the most important question I could possibly ask you this morning. Do you need to be reconciled to God? You can be in Christ. It's as simple as, as, a, as a prayer that begins a whole new life, this new life that Paul talks about in, in 2 Corinthians 5, begins with a prayer. And that prayer simply acknowledges sin. God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've done things wrong. I've, I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to reconcile me, that his forgiveness on the cross reunites me with you. And so I ask you to forgive me, not because of anything I could ever do, but because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Reconcile me to yourself and give me the, recon uh, the ministry of reconciliation. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know that you have been reconciled to God today. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look back over the last week or two weeks or month, you realize that your life has been about being an ambassador for yourself and not an ambassador for Christ. Will you take this moment right here to recommit to being an ambassador for Christ and picking up the mantle of the ministry of reconciliation? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the reminder of who we are. As ambassadors for you, Father, empower us to live and speak and be about the ministry you have given us of reconciling others to you. We thank you. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.